everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to start the first part of a little series that I'm doing on helpful tools that have helped me to heal personally. If you guys listened to last week's episode, then one of the stories that I shared in my talk about womanhood and what that means to be a biblical woman and how that's changed, in my opinion, over the years, we're going to go ahead and talk about one of those stories again today. And I'm going to be sharing just some of the tools that I've discovered over the last few years in these next few episodes, things that have just helped me to heal personally and to grow and to just be more self-aware and understanding of who I am and who I am in Christ. And these are just super concrete, helpful things that I have just found, gosh, amazing in my own life. And so I'm excited to share them with you guys. And today we're going to talk about something called core lies and core truth. Now, I never had heard of this before. I heard about it three years ago. Never. And I think if you have been in any kind of counseling before, you might have heard of something like this because it is, like I said, kind of a Christian counseling kind of tool. So three and a half years ago, we came to a new church and we came pretty broken, pretty destroyed. I was disillusioned. I was lost. I was hurt. I was a mess. I was a mess. And I came to this church and quickly discovered that unlike any church I've ever been in before, they were really into Christian psychology. And I appreciated that because I needed some real help. I didn't need just spiritual answers thrown at me at this point in my life. I needed some legit help. I needed holistic help. I needed my whole self to be helped. And that's exactly what I found at this church. And I love it. I love it. Obviously, it's not perfect because there are no perfect churches, but it's got a lot of things going for it that I really appreciate and that have helped me to heal in my own life. We're going to talk about those. So one of the things that I kept hearing over and over again from the very beginning of going there was they kept talking about core lies, core lies, core lies. I was like, what is a core lie? Well, I discovered after I started going to small group and I talked about small group last week. And so we joined this small group, and one of the first things that we did was to tell our stories. And they are kind of a specific format for telling a story. And one of the things in your story is your core lie. And they kind of walked us through this worksheet. And so the idea is start with, if God is talking about you, if the Trinity is having a conversation about you, what does he look like as he's talking about you? And how does he feel about you? Because the answer to that question tells you a lot about how you view God. And many people get caught up with, you know, God's disappointed in me. He's angry with me. He's frustrated. He's irritated, all this kinds of stuff. And so they really just encourage you to just how, how does God view you? And I was like, wow, I, I mean, I don't know. I had just come out of just some really hard circumstances in my life. And I was pretty sure that God liked me and loved me. But people were another story. Like I just had a hard time trusting. And so as I'm listening to our leader and his wife telling their stories, and I'm excited to learn how to tell my story, then everything happened that I talked about last time. I had a question, made a statement, 
Uh, our leader said good job to his wife after Christy came on strong there. Thanks for responding or whatever. I was like, oh my gosh, I said something that was strong. I shut down. And on the way home from small group, I remember I was just, my heart was just spilling over. Like I was just so frustrated with myself. And I told my husband some very insightful things. I remember specifically saying like, now they won't like me. Like they're not going to like me now because the real me, the strong side of me just came out. And how would they like me? Because I don't even like myself. And as I said that, it was a very true statement. I don't even like myself. And as I started to go through this worksheet, this Corli worksheet, one of their questions is, think about some painful things that have happened to you. So like when you have someone say to you, like, what's one of the hardest things that ever happened to you? Just as even as a child, what is a painful thing that's happened to you? Because we're shaped by these painful things. And almost immediately, I remembered being like four, maybe five at the most. And I was at this church and I wanted to be friends with this little girl. She was super fun and I loved her. But she had another friend who came along and said, no, 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 you can't be friends with Christy. And the two of them walked away and left me alone. And the exact same thing actually happened to me again when I was about seven, where I met this girl. I wanted to be her friend, but she already had a friend and they wouldn't be friends with me because the other friend wouldn't let her. And it was just this like pattern of rejection. And I began to believe that there was something wrong with me. And I'm also Enneagram 4, which that's just something we tend to already think about ourselves anyway. But I began to feel like there was something wrong with me, that I wasn't likable somehow. Fast forward into the cult years, and I didn't, I wasn't right. We talked about this last time on biblical womanhood. Like there was something wrong with me. I wasn't right. And once again, the real me had to be kept quiet and hidden because she was unlikable. And there were things that my father said to me at least once growing up that reinforced that idea that this strong, passionate Christy was not likable. And so when I said that out loud on the way home from small group, and I said, I don't even like myself, that was true. It was true. And as I realized I had this core lie that I was operating under of I am not likable, I could see it. Like I could totally see it because I was always surprised when people liked me. I just assumed that I wouldn't be liked. And even as an adult, I would go into situations and I would, I would do things to make people like me. Like I would serve, I would bring food to the small group. I would be the person behind the scenes doing things. I was often gravitating towards children because I knew they would like me. And I always had this idea of, well, they're not going to like me. So if they did like me, I was kind of surprised. Like, oh, wow. Well, that's, that's fun. And it was interesting to watch that unfold in my life, this whole attitude. And I would often just keep the real me in check. I wouldn't let the passion escape. I wouldn't let the the fun, crazy side of me escape. It was like, just be likable. Do whatever you can do to be likable because the real you is not likable. And I would often find myself unliking somebody else first. Like if I don't like you, then it won't matter when you don't like me. And I had never really taken the time to look at this in my life. I had never done anything about like self-awareness or understanding myself. And I don't know about you, but I feel like this holistic understanding of ourselves as a person is just really not in very many churches. Like you can go to church and you're going to get, you know, get those behaviors together. Don't do that. That's sin. But they're just going to give you like spiritual principles or memorize verses, read the Bible. 
all this kind of stuff like that. And they don't ever actually really deal with the real you. It's weird because it's almost Gnostic. I don't know if you're familiar with Gnosticism, but it's the idea of like the body's bad, the spirit's good. It's been around forever. Apostle Paul had to deal with people like this. And often I feel like that creeps into church. Like, well, we can't actually talk about like anything in your heart because it doesn't matter. Your heart's deceitful and desperately wicked. But here, memorize this scripture verse. And there's no real concrete way of connecting our body and our spirit. And and people feel like sometimes self-awareness or self-understanding is not spiritual. But I don't agree at all. Especially as I've seen so much healing and growth and things happen in my own life. That's just helped me to understand and like, you know, behaviors stop when you understand why they're happening. It's interesting because if you look at the greatest commandment and the second greatest commandment, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. As you love yourself. Self-love is not bad. We're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves to understand ourselves, to take care of ourselves. And so I just want to encourage you guys as you're listening to this next little bit of how to understand this whole core life thing, be willing to look into your own heart and figure out what is it that's going on here. It's okay. It's okay to understand yourself and why you're doing things and what's the motivation behind it all and all that good stuff. Totally fine. And when I could understand who I was, Hey, why am I feeling pressure to make brownies for small group right now? Is it because I actually want to make brownies or is it because I think that they're going to like me better if I bring brownies? Like I can stop making brownies because I'm like, no, nope, doesn't matter. Like that's totally the wrong motivation. It's totally fine. I can just go to small group and not think about it. And so I just want to kind of work through this with you guys. I want you to think about how does God think about you? How does he feel about you? And then I want you to just take some time to think about what are those moments, those painful moments, and it can be huge things, or it can be simple things like being rejected by two little girls. What are those moments that have happened in your life that have really just hurt you? Where does that pain come from? And then as we remember this, often there's this word that can be associated with those things. There's something that you've learned about yourself because of these painful experiences. For me, it was that I was unlikable. Like there's something wrong with you. People don't like you. And so you have this like idea about yourself that's not true. And it's been interesting as I've heard other people's stories and I've learned, you know, their pain and things that have happened to them and I've been able to see how that then has affected their life, how it's changed, how they think about themselves. Super interesting. And then as I've also watched people come to places of healing, it's beautiful. And that's what Jesus is in the business of doing. Like he wants to restore us. He wants to restore us to bring healing and hope and allow us to live fully, allow us to flourish. And that doesn't have to wait till heaven. We can start that process right now. So like I said, when I boiled down my painful memories, I came up with, I'm unlikable. There's something wrong with me. You'll probably have a different word. Oftentimes they'll come up with like, uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth being loved. I'm a failure. I'm unwanted. I'm alone. All the kind of stuff. So I'd be curious to see as you're doing this, what words are coming to the surface? The next part is oftentimes this lie will make us do things. So like the lie tells me that I must always do something in order to gain acceptance. For me, it was like I had to always fake it to get acceptance. I had to always perform, be nice, be gentle, 
don't be yourself. And so that my, my lie that I was unlikable, I had to perform, I had to fake it in order to get acceptance. And the lie also tells me that I must never something in order to avoid rejection. Well, in my, it was that I couldn't fail. The lie tells me I must never fail in order to avoid rejection. Guys, it's super interesting to just see these lies that are at work in our own hearts and be like, oh my goodness, I've totally felt this way most of my life. And then to see how you operate out of that lie. Then when you can recognize that it is a lie and choose to start embracing truth, beautiful, beautiful things happen in your spirit, in your soul, in your body, in your mind. The truth of God is that we are dearly loved children of God and that there's no hint of condemnation from God towards us. That we are fully accepted and loved because of Jesus Christ's work on the cross. That we are a new creation and we have been given a new heart. We've been chosen by God. We've been called and gifted by God to accomplish his eternal purposes. Those are some of the things the Bible says about us. And I've got references for each one of those things. So in my true identity, based upon that truth of who Christ is and who I am in Christ, I am likable. Now, not everybody's going to like me. I get that. And I've, I've come to the place where I'm like, it's okay. I know I'm kind of a firecracker and not everyone can handle that. And some people are just like, ugh. And that's okay. I don't have to be liked by everybody because Jesus likes me. I realized how important this was to me as I thought back about when I first had children. Because when my babies were little, I was always telling them, I like you. I like you. And to me, somehow that I like you meant more than I love you. And I think it's because you ex- like people have to love you, your parents. You know, love is like, yeah, well, of course I love you. You're my mom kind of a thing. But for me to hear I like you from somebody... Like that's, that's way more than I love you because that's like, I am choosing to like you. Like I like you. That, that means so much to me. And so as I thought back over my early motherhood years, I'm like, I was always telling my kids, I like you. I like you. And even now you're going to hear it coming out of my mouth. Like I'll tell people like, I like you. And that really just means I accept you. Like, I think you're great. You're wonderful. But it means a lot coming from me because that's something that I really deeply desire. And so it's super interesting to look back over my life and be like, wow, yeah, totally, totally this is who I am. But then to turn around and recognize that Jesus likes me and that's all that matters. Like he likes me. When he looks at the Father and the Holy Spirit and they talk about me, they like me. And I truly believe that. And that belief and faith and understanding has set me free from this fear of not being liked. I mean, is it still there? Is it going to come popping up here and there? Absolutely. I'm fallen. I'm broken. However, I've also been set free. And it's been amazing to watch my story unfold, even just in my braveness and willing to go out there and do things and say things and be myself in ways that I was never really fully able to do before the last few years. And so I want to give this freedom and this gift of life to you guys. Like I want you to find the same level of freedom and amazingness that I have found. And so I'm going to go ahead and put a link in the notes that is going to attach to a blog page that I have that has this information that I just went over downloadable. So you can click on that link and then you can download this two-page worksheet on core lies and core truths. Because as we realize who we are in Christ and we can let go of the lie that we've believed about ourselves, we can love people better. When I'm not worried about people liking me, when I'm able to just be free in who I am in Christ and go ahead and just 
love others and serve others, like, oh my goodness, it's so much better. It doesn't matter if they like me or not. It really doesn't. And I'm able to just be myself in a more genuine, authentic way. It's a beautiful thing. So I would love you guys to also experience the freedom and healing that I've experienced. Download that worksheet, guys. It's totally worth it. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Love to hear what you're thinking. You can always reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or my webpage and let me know how is Jesus setting you free. Hey, next time we're going to talk about another tool that's been huge in my life, bringing healing and growth and hope. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.